0: And welcome to the latest version of Grace Church Live. Now, we can't see you again, and and we would normally say that's very unusual, but we've actually been here before, so we kind of have some experience, and we know that we can worship here, and you can worship at home, and God is, in fact, the same in both places, right? So I just want to share something with you that's been on my mind this week. Paul wrote... In Romans 8 and I'm going to paraphrase but I just think we're going to make it through this thing and the reason is because I just don't think there's any pestilence or or plague or power or, or any social injustice or social unrest or any virus or any sickness or anything else for that matter that can separate me from his love and if I am in his love then I am good I just want you to, as we begin to sing and play this morning, I just want you to be in your home and know that God loves you and that He is with you and that you can't be separated from Him. Would you lift your hands and just worship, worship the God of love this morning as we sing. Created from dust. You came and you lived among us You took on our frame You walked in our pain And taken us higher You stepped into time You laid down your life to save us Took all our shame on the cross it was laid, and now you're taking us higher. We go from glory to glory to glory. We'll never be the same. We'll
1: never be the same. We go from glory to glory to glory. We're forever changed. For
2: Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you were to go to the ancient catacombs uh, where the Christians hid from Roman persecution thousands of years ago, and even looking on some of those excavations where they've excavated cemeteries where ancient Christians were buried, you would find the symbol in a lot of cases of the anchor. One of the ancient Christian symbols, long before the cross, long before the cross became a symbol of Christianity, it was the anchor that was a symbol of Christianity. And it simply represented hope. It simply represented steadfastness. It was it was it was hope that even though times were turbulent now, they were experiencing great persecution burning at the stake, fed the lions, those, that, that time period, even in those moments there was an anchor, there was a hope that there was something better coming. There was, there was hope in a resurrection, hope in God, hope in uh, faith in God. And so with that in mind, perhaps that's why the, writers of he- the writer of Hebrews wrote in 619, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. I want you to know today we're in uncertain times. And and, and we could even say we're in turbulent times. But I want you to know today we are not without hope. And I want you to know today that we have an anchor. That anchor is the Word of God. That anchor is our faith in God. He had yesterday... He has today, and He has tomorrow. I'm thankful today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the media's telling you, we've got an anchor today. We've got hope today. Come on, right where you are, would you just clap your hands to the Lord? And by doing that, you're expressing faith. God, I know you've got today, and I know you've got tomorrow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated if you're standing. I want to welcome you all as Brian has already done to live stream Grace Church Sunday morning live and we're glad you have chosen to join us, all of our Grace Church people, sorry we can't see you but we're glad you're there, all of our guests and visitors, we're so glad you've joined us online, God bless you, you know we talked about, we talked about when we did this the first round back in the spring that this was our new normal and then we got ramped up and kind of got going back to our, to our regular schedule. And so here we are again going back to live stream. So I guess we're going to the old normal today. I guess that's where we're at today. So welcome to the old normal here this morning. But we're glad you're here. If you'd like to give today, we thank you for your generosity and for for your support of, of the ministry here at Grace Church. You can give online. Uh, you can give by text and you can also mail your gift to the P.O. box there on your screen. So God bless you for your faithfulness. I do want to take a moment here and just let you know kind of what the church schedule is going to look like this week. Kind of what to expect with our with our new old normal this week. We had announced previously that there would be a meeting tonight of the Bridge Ladies Ministry at 6 o'clock. That has been postponed due to the spike in COVID cases in our community. We're taking extra precautions. Monday night, of course, is United Family Prayer at home at 714. Please be faithful to that. Please keep praying. I believe God is working. We sing that song even when I can't see it. He's working, and I believe that with all of my heart. Tuesday morning prayer at 10 o'clock in the morning at 10 a.m. normally is here in the sanctuary. This week, we're asking you to pray at home together with your family at 10 o'clock as your schedule will allow. Please pray Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in United Prayer. And then Wednesday evening, this Wednesday service will be dismissed here at the Grace Church campus. There will be no online service Wednesday evening either. Also, we had announced a blood drive for next Sunday. That has also been postponed. And then also the Camp Sunshine Vacation Bible School has been postponed. So again, just trying to be cautious. And I believe all of our Grace Church people have seen the email from Pastor Uh, with the uptick in COVID in the community. We want to take extra precautions. Next Sunday service will be live streamed just like we're doing today at 11 o'clock as well. So please make a note of that. As always, there's more information on the website and on the app. You can find out more about these things god bless you again we're glad you're with us we're looking forward to what god will, will do today i encourage you to make your home a a house of worship uh your, your living room wherever you're at your kitchen table wherever you're at today Let, let's really focus in on worshiping god and having an encounter with god i want to leave change today i want to leave changed by the presence of god and I know you do too. So let's, let's worship together even though we're not together. We can still worship together. Worship the God that we love, that we serve. God bless you today as the praise team leads us in worship.
1: Hallelujah, do you believe it? There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, everybody, sing it with us.
3: a great time to shout praises unto the king of kings and the lord of lords. COVID has not diminished his sovereignty COVID has not taken away his power. He's still alive he's still well and he's still working on behalf of his people. Let's clap our hands unto the lord today. Hallelujah Oh, we magnify your name Jesus you are worthy Lord you are worthy. Amen. Thank you praise team for bringing us once again into the presence of God. It is a blessing to be surrounded by such talented and capable, skilled people. and uh, We reap the benefits of that here at Grace Church. Amen. If you are standing where you are, I'm going to allow you to be seated. God bless you. I can't see you. You might be kicked back on the couch in your PJs with your oatmeal right now. But uh, for those of you standing, you may be seated. I want to give a shout out this morning to my man Owen, 15 years old today. Happy birthday, bud. Came to church with me today. Grace Church, I'm coming with a word today and a challenge. And I hope that you will plug in and listen. I hope that you will absorb things that God's put, poured into me over the past few weeks, and I'm hoping you'll respond. The pastor said on multiple occasions that we can't see what you're doing at home, but whenever the sermon's over and we walk away from this pulpit, we hope that you are responding, and I'm, I'm hoping that wherever you are, if you're with your family or if you're alone, I'm hoping that you will take the time today to respond to the challenge that you're going to hear because the message that i'm going to attempt to deliver to you today is about the future your future personally and i believe the future of grace church collectively i want to be very clear i'm not being prophetic i'm just being practical because there's a moment of tension that all of us are going to experience in the future when you've seen God do some things, but you're exhausted, and now there's another, another stretch that has to be made, another push, another effort, another step of faith. And I just want to ask you today, in that moment of tension, will you stretch again? And before we get into it today, I want to give the appropriate honor and credit for the inspiration of this message to my longtime friend and sounding board, Brian Teer, who opened service with this idea several weeks ago, and he graciously gave me permission to develop it and gave me his input and insight, and I appreciate his willingness to share. Let's read some Bible, and we'll get to it. You are released in Jesus' name. Our scripture text today comes from Exodus 14, and if you want to stand where you are, feel free. If not, Jesus sees you and your PJs on your couch, and he loves you anyway. But Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 through 16, and then we'll skip down to verses 21 and through 23, and then finally, verses 26 through 28, all from Exodus 14. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Everybody say, forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Skipping down to verse 21, it says, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Everybody say that was the first stretch. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And finally, verses 26 through 28. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea. Look at your favorite neighbor and tell him that was the second stretch. And the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all of the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about the second stretch. Let's pray. Lord, your word is eternal and it is alive. It, it never goes stale. We do. We go stale. We lose our passion. We lose our vitality. We lose our energy, but your word is alive, and it is always fresh, and it is always powerful, and it is always full of life. So, Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth today, there would be strength and vitality in life spoken into tired bones That people would hear and respond to your word. Lord, help me to do a good job. Get myself out of the way so that they can hear your voice today. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Y'all ever been tired? Ever been tired? What about right now? Are you tired? You know, there's different kinds of tired. There's the hard work, manual labor, been out in the yard all day in this South Louisiana heat, just sweating it out, manual labor, yard work, tired. And then there's long day at the office, 15 meetings that could have been emails, and eight Zoom meetings, and more paperwork, kind of tired. Still tired, just, just different. There's Disney World tired. Come on, somebody. I don't know that there's another kind of tired on this planet Earth, like the kind of tired you feel after spending five days in the Magic Kingdom. And not only will it wear your, you out, it will wear your pocketbook out. Mickey and Minnie will make you tired on all kinds of levels. You you need a vacation from the vacation. There's sitting up at the hospital tired. You can do nothing in a hospital room except watch HGTV, look at your phone and read a book, and still be absolutely exhausted. There's nothing like it. Those of you with kids know there's new baby tired. And you think that's bad and then there's toddler tired and just hold on because then there's teenager tired. All tired, but different. And closely related to those, I need some mamas to, to get in the chat if you're on Facebook today, but there's the I just took two kids under the age of four to Walmart tired. And there's not another tired like that. Here's one all of us can identify with. I kind of hesitated on this one a bit, but there's just nothing else like it. It's called the I just threw up four times in the past 30 minutes at 2 a.m. tired. And you know that'll wear you out. Then there's the I've been in the pool all day tired, which is sort of like but a little bit different from the I just spent all day at the lake trying to learn how to ski tired. Personal experience, still didn't learn how to ski, but war me out. As many of us have experienced it, we know that there is a great flood of 2016 cleanup, tired. And now there's, I don't know what to call it, but 2020 fatigue between COVID and stock market crashes and murder hornets and riots. People are just exhausted, done with 2020, over it. All kinds of tired. All kinds of tired, but all of them different. But there's another kind of tired that most of us can identify with today, and it's the trial of life tired. It's the test of faith tired. Those things that you go through that leave you emotionally and physically Mentally and even spiritually exhausted, just tired down in your bones. You feel like you can't think. Like you can't focus, you can't find your passion, you can't get back to who you were before or where you were before. I'm talking about those things that we all go through in life sometimes where you see God come through for you and and He preserves you and He helps you and He provides for you in amazing and even miraculous ways, but it still leaves you just tired. Y'all ever go through something like that? ever come through something in your life where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that god moved on your behalf and and you know that he was there with you in the middle of it and you know that there was absolutely no way you would have made it through that situation without him but you're still so tired on the inside exodus chapter 14 we preach about it a lot moses and the Children of Israel at the Red Sea, trapped by the land, the geography on either side, no way through the sea in front of them, an army of Egyptians coming from behind them with bad intentions, no way to save themselves. It, it looked like they were toast. What's God going to do? How's, how's God going to come through this time? How's God going to work this one out? How's He going to help such an, an impossible situation? And God made a way where it seemed like there was no way. And this is, this is usually the point in the story where the preacher starts to growl a little bit and, and we start to get on board because Israel coming through the Red Sea becomes a metaphor for anything and everything that you can experience over the course of a lifetime. From... Anything from from cancer to empty bank accounts to COVID pandemics to social injustice. You gotta watch a Christian. A Christian will use Israel crossing the Red Sea as a metaphor for just about anything. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great metaphor. People identify with it because we know how it feels when God shows up and makes a way for us in whatever impossible situation we're currently facing. is a great story. It's a great metaphor. It's a powerful miracle. I hope I get to preach it 300 more times before I die. But in the middle of our preaching and in the middle of applying this awesome miracle in Exodus 14 to our own personal situations, in the middle of celebrating God's way-making power Let's not gloss over some of the details. Let's not skip over some of the details. Let's remember that they were slaves coming out of a lifetime of hard labor. They had just endured massive social and economic upheaval Because even though those ten plagues didn't touch them where they lived in the land of Goshen, it still decimated the nation of Egypt that had rulership over them. And by the time of our text, they had journeyed for two weeks on foot from Egypt and been camped by the Red Sea for eight days. And I don't care who's leading And what kind of miracles you've seen, but three million people walking for two weeks and camping in the same spot for eight days, I'm sorry. That's got to be more than just a little bit chaotic. That's got to be more than just a little bit stressful. That's probably quite draining. See, it wasn't all candy canes and unicorns and rainbows. It was hot, and there wasn't a lot of water. And the babies were crying and the kids were asking, are we there yet 800 times an hour? And they were either having to ration food or forage for their own because the manna didn't start falling from heaven until Exodus chapter 16, two chapters later. And now here they are in a traffic jam of three million people in front of the Red Sea. Come on, y'all lose your Holy Ghost? whenever there's a rainstorm and a backup on I-12, how do you think you would do in a traffic jam of three million people? Hungry? Thirsty? What, no GPS telling them the estimated time of arrival or the location of the nearest steak and shake? What, with a bunch of whining kids and stinky animals? No thank you. No thank you. And if that wasn't stressful enough, now the chariots of Israel show up. They just thought they had problems before. But now, well now they've got a situation. Because now it's gone from annoying to serious. Like somebody's probably going to die kind of serious. And so God tells Moses, Moses, I want you just stretch out your hand, and I'm going to take care of this situation. It's one of those rare instances in Scripture where God tells somebody exactly what he's going to do. Don't you wish he would do that for you just, just every once in a while, just tell you exactly what he's going to do? God tells you, says, Moses, you stretch out your hand, and I'm going to handle this. I know you're tired. I know you've been through a lot. I know the ten plagues and Pharaoh's back and forth decisions and the constant murmuring and complaining of the people. I know all of that stuff has just wiped you out, Moses. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to stretch and then watch what I do. Now Moses, I, I understand, I know it that, that stretching your hand out doesn't make a lot of sense in this situation, especially when you're already tired. but remember how you've already seen me work and just just trust me, Moses. I got this covered. I got this. All you need to do is stretch. So Moses did. Moses did exactly what God asked him to do. He stretches out his hand, and God begins to move on their behalf, and he parts the sea. He makes this incredible way forward where it seems like there wasn't one before, and he gets them out of this impossible situation that they were in. I want you to listen to Coop because we're about to get to it. Moses stretches out his hand the first time, and it makes a way forward. The Scripture says that during the night, Moses and the children of Israel crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. All three million of them, all in one night. I want to say that again. Three million people in one night. Now, I don't care how big of a path God made. That's a lot of people, and that's a lot of walking, and they did it at nighttime. Here's the point. Yes, all they had to do was walk, but it was still work. Come on, somebody. God didn't pick them up and magically, collectively teleport them to the other side. God provided a miracle. Yes, He did, but they still had to walk it out. Some of them could probably still feel the stinging of the last wounds of slavery on their backs as they walked. Some of them could probably still see the rough calluses and scars on their hands from from the brick pits in Egypt. Some of them were probably still grieving over loved ones that they had lost in Egypt before they left. Some of them were probably hungry. Some of them were probably thirsty. Some of them were probably tired from walking and camping in the wilderness since they left Egypt 21 days ago. So yes, yes, they most certainly escaped an impossible situation. Yes, God made a way. Yes, they walked through on dry ground, but they still had to walk the path that God opened up before them. Sometimes walking through a miracle can be exhausting. It's funny to me how in the kingdom of God we never expect faith and fatigue to live in the same place. But listen to me. You can be right smack in the middle of the miracle that you've been asking God for and still be so tired. Because miracles don't mean nap time. Miracles don't mean lounging or easy street. Miracles come out of impossible situations. And that means along with the miracle, there's usually some work and fatigue. I hope somebody's listening to me. Look, let, let's, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. Follow along with me, class. Noah and the ark. Miracle. Uh-huh. Sure it was. But God didn't magically build that boat for Noah overnight. And he didn't send a legion of angels to build it for him either. Nah, Noah worked for 120 years to build that boat. Miracle? Yeah. But it sounds like work to me. 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha and the widow with the cruise of oil that didn't run out. Miracle? Definitely. But her sons had to go all around town. To all of the neighbors asking for empty vessels, and she had to pour the oil, (laughs) not the prophet. And the boys had to bring the vessels, and the oil didn't stop flowing until every vessel was filled. Was it a miracle? Oh, yes, it was, but it sounds like work to me. Matthew chapter 14. Let's go New Testament. Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. We love that story. Miracle? Absolutely. But the disciples are the ones that did the work of passing it out and then picked up 12 baskets full of leftovers when it was over. Miracle? Absolutely it was a miracle, but it sounds like work to me. I just got to think if I'm a disciple, hey, son of God, do you think you could work this out so that we don't have to do all of this work once it's over? I mean, I, I get we got to pass it out, but 12 baskets left over after it's all done? Couldn't your miracle be a little bit more expedient, Jesus? Now back to the text Exodus 14, 3 million Israelites crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. Miracle? Oh, you better believe it's a miracle. But they had to walk, and it was nighttime, and there were three million of them, and Egypt was at their back, and there were walls of water on either side, and it was a desperate situation. Sometimes a miracle means work and fatigue and faith live in the same heart, and there's a stretch required before you can move forward. Sometimes, in order to get what God has for you, you have to extend beyond what's comfortable in a less than ideal situation because not every miracle is easy. And then they get to the other side. They get to the other side and and God says, thank you, God says, Hey, Moses, good job, man. Good job. Y'all did real good. I know it wasn't easy. I know y'all are tired. I know they're cranky and complaining. I know you've never walked this way before. I know this is uncharted territory for you. And I know you've never seen me move like this before. And I know it's more turbulent than you thought it would be. But Moses, y'all did real good. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. Now, Moses, wait. Don't go to sleep yet, Moses. It's not nap time, Moses. Wake up, Moses. Moses. I need you to do one more thing. See, I'm, I'm not quite done with what I have in mind to do for you just yet. There's still one more thing I would like to do for you, Moses. So, Moses, what I want you to do, I want you to stretch a second time. You think Moses wasn't tired after crossing the Red Sea? You think the stress of the situation didn't have him exhausted You think Moses wasn't feeling the pressure in his mind and his body of leading this huge group of people and walking all throughout the night? Oh, come on, Grace Church, at home, listen to me. Herein is the dilemma of the second stretch because it doesn't come when we're fresh. It isn't timed according to our calendars and our sleep patterns. It isn't scheduled with our preferences in mind. The second stretch comes at a moment and a point of God's design and timing when He knows that ultimate victory is now possible. God had the moment, the minute, the second of Moses' second stretch planned and timed out perfectly right when Egypt army was at its most vulnerable, when the enemy was most exposed and helpless, that's when the call for the second stretch came. Now watch me. The first stretch created a way through, but the second stretch destroyed their enemy. The first stretch made an escape, but the second stretch made them free the first stretch gave them access to a better future but the second stretch destroyed the power of their past that first stretch is powerful and it does so much to move us forward and we can walk into the new that God has prepared but the second stretch is where true freedom is revealed The second stretch is where god makes it impossible for the enemy to pull us back the second stretch is where god wipes out the vestiges of our old lives the second stretch is where we move forward in victory and true freedom because the power of our past is I feel like the Lone Ranger up here today. I hope you're preaching with me at home. You can have a move of God on the first stretch. You can. Oh, yes, you can have a move of God on the first stretch. You can see some amazing things at the first stretch, but you can't stop there. There's another stretch you need to make, another push, another effort, another step of faith that's going to give you freedom and a future. I find it interesting that the first time God asked Moses to stretch out, he told him to stretch out his rod in one hand and then stretch out his other hand too. And that rod had been with Moses for years. It was his shepherd's rod from the 40 years he spent tending sheep in the wilderness of Midian. And God had used that, that old shepherd's rod to perform miracles and work miracles. He, he turned it into a snake and back again. He, he turned it into a snake that ate the snakes of Pharaoh's magicians there in Pharaoh's court. That, that rod represents authority. But it also represents God's miracle working power that was with Moses. But the second time, the second stretch... God doesn't say anything about the rod. He just says, Moses, stretch out your hand. And that's what the scripture says Moses did. And here's what I get out of that. It's not in scripture. It's just my opinion. It was the same. Same stretch, but different. God didn't do it the same way. As a matter of fact, the second time God asked him to stretch without that symbol of authority and power and miracles. Instead, this time he told Moses, I just want you to stretch out your empty hand. That's a different level of trust. Not leaning on past experience, old anointing, not leaning on yesterday's miracles, this second stretch was something new. There's, there, I think there's more than more here than I, I really have time for today, but I, I just got to ask you, Grace Church: Are you willing to stretch again? When God wants to do something new in your life in a way that He hasn't before, when He wants to move in your life in a way that you weren't expecting, whenever He wants to do something new that you never saw coming, are you willing to stretch again whenever you don't have any guarantees about what's going to happen when you do? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. How you respond... In a season of stretching will often determine what you have access to in the future. You're not going to like it. I'm going to say it this way. Your obedience to God's call to stretch will be the difference in you staying where you are or walking into the promise that he has for you. Your obedience to God's call to a second stretch is going to mean the difference in you surviving on what you have and who you are and what you can do or walking into God's supply and what he has and what he can do. Come on somebody there's a call going out for a second stretch. If it hasn't already come to you, oh trust me it's coming soon. There's going to be a call for a second stretch and there's so much at stake. Let me let me show you. Let me show you. Go to Luke chapter 5. We know the story well, most of us. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 6, and it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but The fishermen, watch watch the narrative here. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. It was quitting time. Time to go home. Time to pack it in, clean the nets, go to the house. Verse 3, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simeon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. This is our boy Peter. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, not Simeon, he said unto Simon, watch this, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have worked all night long. And we caught nothing. I'm so tired. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Don't know what Peter was expecting in that moment. Don't know that he expected a whole lot. And when they had this done They enclosed a great multitude of fishes And their net break Peter was tired y'all Come on folks at home And your PJ's on the couch He was tired Fished all night Caught nothing Then Then He agreed to let Jesus use his boat as a pulpit. So he worked all night for nothing. Then he went to church when he still had work to do. Oh, come on, somebody. And then he took fishing advice from a carpenter's son. And then, this is the one that gets me. He put his nets back in the water that he had already cleaned. Don't ask me to do work over. Don't ask your boy Jay to do work over again. Uh Uh-uh. Those nets, I cleaned those things already. Those weren't, they're not going back in the water till tomorrow. Don't ask me to put them back in the water. That's a stretch, man. That's a second effort. That's how you surrender to God's will. That's how you give his word priority in your life. And look, we give Peter a lot of grief. We do. We talk about how he was impulsive and he was worldly and and all of this, but not this time. Not this time. Good job, Peter. Good job, man. No guarantees. Just faith and fatigue living in the same body. No signed contract about what the outcome would be. Just the knowledge that something needs to be done here and I I haven't been successful on my own so I need Jesus to come into my situation no matter how tired I am. I am willing to do whatever it takes, whatever He asks because I am desperate to have what I know only He can do. So Peter said, doesn't make a lot of sense. But nevertheless, at thy word, we'll try again. We'll stretch again. We'll go out even deeper and put the nets out again. Because who knows what might happen. I want you to lean in so far I've been talking to you as individuals. And I'm kind of going out on a limb here. But I I want you to give me some latitude here to speak to the future of Grace Church. Again, I'm not being prophetic. I'm not claiming to operate in that spiritual gift. I'm just being practical. But I want you to hear what I'm about to say. The second stretch is harvest. That's what Peter experienced that day. He worked so hard on his own, and he caught nothing. And Jesus walks in whenever Peter's exhausted, frustrated, disappointed. He's ready to just pack it in, go home right off the loss, and maybe try again tomorrow. But here comes Jesus with tired bodies and cranky fishermen in a less than ideal circumstance when they weren't thinking clearly, and they didn't feel sharp, and they didn't feel fresh or focused or capable. Here comes Jesus into Peter's fatigue and does an absolute miracle. I'm talking to somebody right now. And suddenly there is a harvest so big that Peter doesn't know what to do with it, he can't handle it. He doesn't have the capacity to deal with the magnitude of the miracle that Jesus has brought into his life. His nets aren't enough. His old methods aren't enough. His systems aren't enough to handle this level of harvest that he's got to call for help. Grace Church, bank on it. There's another stretch coming your way. There's another one coming. And it may very well be that we will see such a harvest of souls here at Grace Church that we don't know what to do with it. We're calling up other churches in the area. Man, can we put some of these people at your church this Sunday? We've got no place for them. Can somebody at your place take some of these Bible studies? We don't have enough people to teach them. Can y'all help us deal with some of them? that sounds so awesome, doesn't it? until you remember how much work harvest is. I'm not playing with you. Harvest is work. Musicians, if you'll come. Bringing this in for a landing, I wanna prep you for that. Here's a man, I'm gonna call his name, he's a friend. He might want to kill me later, but you'll have to catch me first, and I'm faster than he is. Some of you probably know him. His name's J.W. Hurdle. J.W. spent years as a farmer. Soybean, other things. I used to laugh at J.W. Because I always knew when it was harvest time. Because he would show up to church on a Sunday morning and be doing this number almost the whole service pecking corn we call it so tired after working strings of 18 20 hour days trying to get the harvest in in time because you can't let it sit in the field whenever it's ready to harvest. Jesus said, "The fields are wide and to harvest." Why don't you pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers, but be- laborers send laborers because harvest is work. I'm just talking about the second stretch. My dad used to grow a garden. Y'all, you wouldn't believe it. I'm going to tell you, but you're still not going to believe it. That man did not know how to grow a small garden. Now, there was four people in our family. But we got eight rows of corn, ten rows of corn, 150 yards long, more rows of peas than you can count. I don't know what he thought was going to happen and who was going to eat all of that food. We wound up giving most of it away. Buddy, whenever that corn came in, and it was time to harvest? You talk about work. It was work, y'all. See, the first stretch is planting. you got to get the seed in the ground at the right season. And then comes the daily grind of nourishment and watering and taking care of the seed and the small plant. But the hard work of the second stretch is when the fruit of your labor is harvested. Without a second stretch, I don't know that there can be a harvest. So what are you gonna do, Grace Church of Central? How are you going to respond to his call? for a second stretch what are you going to do one day next week next month whenever Jesus steps into the boat of your career, your home your family and he says look I know you're tired I know know you're tired and you're exhausted from what you've been through these last several months but I just got to ask you something would you stretch again for me for the harvest, would you stretch again? What are you going to do? Are you going to stretch beyond your comfort zones? Will you stretch beyond your current level of commitment? Would you go so far to embrace another level of trust? Would you trust even when you don't understand or see how it's possible? Would you try again for Him? Even when you've been disappointed. Even when you're frustrated. Would you stretch again? What are you going to do when Jesus shows up and says, hey, This time I want you to go out a little bit deeper than you were before and put those nets you just cleaned back into the water again. How are you going to respond to his call for a second stretch? I don't know at home what kind of atmosphere you're in, but I know the atmosphere that I can feel here at Grace Church, and there's a challenge that's gone out in the spirit. And so if you're at home or here with us, the skeleton crew that we have, I'm going to ask you to stand because I believe the challenge is is going into our hearts individually, personally, but it's also going into the heart of our church that we need to prepare and get ready and know in advance how we're going to respond whenever the call for the second stretch comes. Somebody needs to respond with surrender today. You've been holding out long enough. The signs are all around you that this world is wrapping up and it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. You need to go ahead and surrender today to this call that he's given you. Somebody Somebody needs to respond with turning it over to Him today. You've tried everything you know how to do to fix this situation. And it either hasn't gotten better or it's gotten worse. And you need Jesus to step into your situation. He's asking you to stretch again. Somebody needs to turn it over to Him today. Somebody needs to respond with Jesus. I've tried it before and it didn't work, but I'll try again. I don't understand why you're asking me to do this again. The nets are already clean, Lord. I left that dream a long time ago. I gave up on it. Those things don't work. That effort doesn't work. But he's asking you to try again. Okay, 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 Jesus, I'll try again. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to try again. Somebody needs to go ahead and commit to working a little longer. Even though you're tired, even though you're fatigued in your body, there's this little flame of faith. That's still burning in your heart. That's saying, I can't give up. I can't quit. I got to try again, Jesus. The second stretch, okay. Okay, I'm in. I'll do it, Lord. Whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. Oh. Oh, God, as they begin to sing. As they begin to sing, I'm asking you at home, turn your house, your bedroom, your living room, your car, your outside porch, wherever you are on your deck, I'm asking you to to go ahead and turn that area into an altar. Make that place a meeting, a meeting spot, a moment for you to talk to God and for Him to talk to you. Oh, to put some vitality and energy into those tired bones and to fan into a higher life, flame of faith is still burning in you I know you're tired and fatigued but there's a call for another stretch coming and he's not done with you you're still breathing he's not done you're still breathing he's still got a purpose you're still here so that means there's something else for you to do there's a call for a second stretch coming how are you going to respond come on and pray make the most of this moment pray to him let him put some things in you that you're going to need for the journey ahead
4: ever had to navigate before there, in uncharted waters if you will to be honest with you there's a lot of ministry I'm one of them it feels a lot of fatigue my faith is okay but I'm tired it's been this year's probably well it has no doubt been the most challenging year I've ever lived and I want to make a commitment this morning heard Brother Jason deliver his soul I've received it I committed to the first stretch a long time ago it's never a problem never seemed to be a real challenge looking back in retrospect to commit to the first stretch of watching God make a way forward but we're in a place now where that second stretch isn't quite so easy. There's a whole lot more fatigue for the second stretch than there is for the first. And I will assure you again, as pastor, my faith is intact. That there's mental and emotional and physical fatigue of just trying to navigate this time where, you know, when we had service last Sunday, I had no idea we'd be here like this today. It's not my plan. So we're living in uncertain times. We keep appealing to this, we keep appealing to this. And who knows when it's over and we're all able to gather back again what our attitude will be and what our perspective will be. Will we be afraid? And who knows what's coming down the pike and we'll be right back at this place again we're in right now. But none of that, none of that speculation, none of that trying to look ahead and predict what's gonna happen in the future, none of that exempts us from the second stretch. We are not moving now on what we know. We're moving now by faith and, and, and trying to navigate uncharted waters. But I can assure you of this, the same God that got them across the Red Sea that opened those waters was the same God and looked back and closed it all up. So as much as God has made a way to this point, he knows how to close up what's happened in the past. So I've come to this pulpit to say to you today, I'm committed. I'm committing myself to the second stretch. I'm going to stretch my hand out again. And I'm going to preach again. I'm going to teach a Bible study again. We're gonna minister the word of God again. We're gonna to try to help people again. I'm committed, Jason, to the second stretch. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for preaching to me and to Grace Church and to the countless hundreds that are watching today. Come on, folks. It's not time to turn the towel in. It's not time to throw the towel in. It's not time to clean the nets and walk away. God has deeper water and he has a greater harvest. I think he just wants to know if we're going to commit to that second stretch. Thank the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank Him right now for what you've heard. Thank Him for the voice that you just heard, the word that you just heard. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. I'm going to ask you to Email the church office, text me, text Brother Jason, text Brother Dave, text somebody, and let them know you were ministered to today just as a form of encouragement and affirmation. God bless you. Remember, no service Wednesday night, uh, but we'll be back on live stream uh, Sunday morning a week from today. God bless you in Jesus' name. We love you, and we're still here. God bless.